Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Okay, how y'all doing? Good, good. Good to see you. Hey, um, who's excited about Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah. Um, who's excited about the food? There's more people excited about the food than the actual day. <laughs> yeah, so many of us, when we think about Thanksgiving, we think about the food. Not necessarily what the holiday is meant for. But, um, yeah, so the food is pretty important, especially around holidays. Um, we have a tradition of having family and friends to our house for Thanksgiving. And I have a big family. This is part of my family. And this is our Thanksgiving table. Lots of food, lots of sparkling drinks. We like those. And lots of conversation and laughter happens around that table. But how many of you know that doesn't come with a lot of planning? And a lot of preparation, like days, <laughs> days ahead of time. You got to buy the turkey in time for it to thaw, in time for Thanksgiving. You got to buy the potatoes. You got to buy the stuffing. You got to buy the drinks. You got to make the desserts. All is that. I mean, that's all ahead of time. There's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into it. And then you set the table. I like to get my china out like once a year. <laughs> this is my once a year deal. I do have other meals that I like to do it too. But this is like the big one. You know, get my china out, get my crystal out, get the nice silverware, the tablecloths. It's, I love it. But why do I do it? I do it because I know what's going to happen around the table. I know the conversation that's going to happen. I know the interaction that's going to happen. I know the relationships are going to be built around that table. A lot of laughter will happen around that table. That's why I do it. Because I love these people and I know how important it is to them. Because they're my family. And Jesus wants to have that kind of relationship with us, too, around the table. Because we are a part of his family. We are his family. Second Corinthians 6, verse 18, it says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We are his family, and he wants to sit with us. He wants to be with us. Right now we're in a series, Psalm 23, discovering how God cares for us. And last week, Clint talked about how he protects us. Our shepherd protects us. And he is always with us, and he carries a big stick. <laughs> Verse 4 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's there to protect us, to take care of us, to care for us. So far in the study, we've talked about 
how he is our good shepherd, how he makes us rest, how he guides us, and protects us. Today we're going to talk about how he wants to have a relationship with us, and what does that look like? What does it look like to have a relationship with us? Each week we've been reading the chapter together, so we're going to do the same thing today. Okay, so Psalm 23, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So today we're focusing on verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. The title of today's message is God, our gracious host. Let me pray, and we'll jump into it. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you just come this morning and join us? Lord, we long for your truth. God, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth would be yours. They would not be mine. They would be yours. That your truth would be spoken this morning. God, we pray for open hearts and open ears this morning. That we would receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so your first fill-in. God is a gracious host because he takes time for us. He takes time for us. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Preparing something takes time. It takes intentionality. The NLT version says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. On Thanksgiving Day, we normally have a feast. And that <laughs> takes a lot of preparation. It takes energy and time and planning. He prepares a table before me. So when a shepherd, in the summertime, a shepherd takes his flock of sheep up to a higher mountain. And this looks like, well, in, in Spanish, they, the shepherds call it a mesa. In Spanish, that means table. And so when a shepherd is talking about the mesa, taking the flock of sheep to the mesa, it's going to a higher mountain. It's going to the table. Before the shepherd goes to the mesa or takes his sheep to the mesa, he will go up there by himself or with a hired hand, whoever he wants to take with him, he goes up there to get the pasture ready for the sheep. He will go up there and remove anything that is poisonous, anything that is harmful to the sheep. He takes time to do that. And you know, 
when growing up on a farm, I know that walking over to the pasture, walking through the field, it takes time. This is not just a simple task, but he was very intentional. The shepherd is intentional with removing anything that is dangerous to the sheep. And just like that, the Lord does that for us too. His desire is to remove anything that is dangerous to us, that is harmful to us. And he goes ahead of us to prepare that place for us. He has truth for us. He has peace for us. He's got all good things for us, ready for us to take. Most of us eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's typical what happens. Not everybody does that. Somebody, some eat in between. <laughs> um, but typically three meals a day. So why don't we take time for him three, three times a day? You know, a lot of times we just do in the morning. Or a lot of times we just do in the evening. Why don't we do in between? Because we need spiritual health on a regular basis. We need spiritual food on a regular basis, too, just like we do physical food. And I think in some ways, the spiritual food is more important than the physical food. Your next fill-in, God's table is not a fast food table. It's a sit-down table. He wants us to sit down with him. He doesn't want to just go through the drive-through with us and get a hamburger and fries. I would rather have a sit-down table with him. Sit down with him, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of hosts. I would rather sit down with him and receive what he has for me rather than just in passing. Life is complicated. Life is busy. It's just busy. And it's so easy for us to just go through the drive-thru with him and just get a bite here and there. But his desire is to sit with us, to sit across the table from us. That's his desire. He prepares a table for me. Because we are his children, and he is our father. He prepares a table for us. Last week I mentioned that, um, that Clint and I went hunting last weekend. And it's not, don't think I'm this wonderful person for going hunting, because it's really not that great. Um, <laughs> um, I do it because... I get to spend time with Clint. It's something we like to do. And um, I enjoy it when there's activity, when there's something there to hunt. And um, last week when we went, there was nothing. There was nothing. And it was really hard for me to sit in my tree stand by myself with nothing going on, 
I got to see a beautiful sunrise. It was right in front of me. It was like a movie watching the sunrise. It was amazing. That was awesome. But I was frustrated in the morning. I was frustrated in the evening. Clint knew I was frustrated <laughs> because I like to hunt when there's activity going on. And I should have been spending time with the Lord during those hours in my tree stand. I should have, in my mind, been sitting at his table with him, spending time with him in the middle of his creation. Instead, I'm sitting there frustrated. You know? How many times do we do that? We're frustrated with what is happening instead of spending some time with him. Okay, Lord, what are you doing? What do you have for me right now? We'd rather go through our list of things that we have to do (laughs) instead of spending time with him. I'm going to do a shameless plug for the prayer room that we have here on Tuesday nights and Thursdays. Um, It's a place where you can come and spend time with him and just sit with him and be with him, listen to him, enjoy his presence. A few weeks ago, I asked someone to share like a three-sentence testimony about the prayer room, and he said, The prayer room has given me a quiet, peaceful place to seek God with all my heart. He has spoken to me, healed me, and revitalized my prayer life. Their prayer room has been an enormous blessing in my life. It's a blessing. We have cards in the back that we have people fill out. These are just a few (laughs) of the testimonies of what the Lord has done in the prayer room. It's a great, it's a great place to meet with him. Take time to slow down and be with him. Point number two, God is a gracious host because he doesn't allow distractions. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. The sheep in the mesa are always vulnerable. They're always in a place of being able to be attacked. The shepherd has to keep an eye out for predators, for the sheep. Because we all know sheep. They're just not very smart, you know? So they have to have someone who's going to look out for them, who's going to take care of them, who's going to protect them just like our shepherd does. And just like the sheep, we are also in danger of being attacked. We all have have enemies around us that are just waiting to attack us. The biggest one is Satan. 
Satan prowls around, just waiting to take us out. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He does not have our best interests in mind. Satan does not care about us. He doesn't even like us. He is not for us. Satan is not on our side. He is our enemy. He's always prowling around looking to take someone out. One of the ways that he does this is that he plants lies in our head, in our mind, and we believe him. Lies like, I'm not good enough. You messed up there. So what makes you think that you can do that again? What makes you think that you can do a good job? You can't serve on that team. You've messed up too many times. You're not good enough to serve on that team. You're not good enough to be in that relationship. No one likes you. You have a friend who rejected you. And Satan wants to come in and say, no one likes you. That friend left you. That means everybody else doesn't like you either. For God did that to you. That situation that you're in right now, God did that to you. It's a lie. Our God is a good God. He is good. He does not put us in situations that are bad. He doesn't. Our enemy does. Our God is good. Fifteen years ago, my family and I, we were in a car accident. My husband died. My son became a paraplegic. I became a single mom. All in a second. Split second. All of that happened. God didn't do that to me. Satan wanted me to believe that he did. God didn't do that to me. Sometimes life happens. But I will tell you that God has brought amazing, (laughs) amazing good things out of that situation. I can't even begin to tell you all the good that he's brought out of that. Blows my mind. But God did not do that. Because he is a good God. But we have an enemy who likes to convince us 
that it's a bad thing. He likes to convince us that we're bad people, that we were wrong, that it's our fault. You're not important. You're not good enough. God's fault. We have a good God. The enemy also comes in form of people. Who are you letting sit at your table with you? Who's sitting at your table? Is it someone who likes to gossip with you? Someone who affects your attitude? Someone who convinces you to do this? when God wants you to do this. Who's sitting at your table? Who do you need to set boundaries with in your life? This is a hard one. This is a hard one. I've had to do this, setting boundaries in relationships. The hard one. Our world and our culture can affect us. Our culture is not necessarily our friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's rough out there, you guys. It's rough. In order, I didn't put I didn't put this on your handout. The Lord just gave this to me last night. In order to get all that God has for us, we cannot let the enemy have a seat at the table. In order to get all that God has for us, we cannot let him have a seat at the table. If we let him have a seat at the table. He's going to take stuff off of the table so that we can't have it. He's going to take peace away from us. He's going to take comfort away from us. He's going to take the truth of Christ away from us. And he's not going to hesitate. The Lord has healing for you that he wants to give you. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Our God is a good God, and he has good things for us on the table that he prepares for us. Nothing but good. Number three. God is a gracious host because he gives us the Holy Spirit. He says, you anoint my head with oil. The New Living Translation says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. He honors by anointing with oil. A friend of ours gave a book, gave us a book, 
is Shepherds Look at Psalm 23. It's just really good. And in the summertime, when the sheep are in the mesa, the summertime is known as fly time. It's fly season. And how many of you know flies are just annoying? And they can just drive you crazy. <laughs> it's the same for sheep. And the sheep are out there just exposed to the flies. And this is a snippet of what um, he says about flies from the sheep. For relief from this agonizing annoyance, talking about the flies, sheep will deliberately beat their heads against trees, rocks, posts, or brush. They will rub them in the soil and thrash around against woody growth. In extreme cases of intense infestation, a sheep may even kill itself in a frenzied endeavor to gain respite from the aggravation. Can you imagine? They don't have hands that can swat or tails, you know? They just got to endure it or beat their heads. That's awful. What an incredible transformation this would make among the sheep. A shepherd anoints, puts oil on the sheep's head to protect it from the flies. Once the oil had been applied to the sheep's head, there was an immediate change in behavior. Gone was the aggravation, gone the frenzy, gone the irritability and the restlessness. Instead, the sheep would start to feed quietly again, then soon lie down in peaceful contentment. The oil is like a cure-all. Back in the times when this was written, when you would go to a home, you would be invited to a friend's house for dinner, the host would anoint the guest's head as they entered the room. And it was a symbol of honor, honoring the guest and saying, you are important. I'm so glad you're here. It was a symbol of honor. We are his guests of honor. Our good shepherd wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit because we are important to him. We are his guests of honor at his table. He values us. He says, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. The Holy Spirit is there to help us fight against the enemy, to not have a seat at the table, giving us strength, giving us determination, wisdom, and knowing you're not having a seat at the table in Jesus' name. Because the name of Jesus is powerful. We like to think that the name of Jesus is all kind, gentle, love, wonderful, you know. 
that he's powerful. Powerful and not letting having not letting the enemy have a seat at the table. You know, scripture doesn't tell us that we can tell him to stop roaming around or prowling around, because he's gonna do that. Because we but we can tell him in Jesus' name, you will not have a seat. God is a gracious host because he gives us more than enough. It says, my cup overflows. The NLT says, my cup overflows with blessings. He has more than we need. The table that he has for us never runs out. And every time we go to the table with him, spend time with him, sit with him, dine with him, he has something new. He has something fresh. And he has more than we need. He never runs out. He gives us more than we need. John 4, verse 14. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He never runs out. We will never go thirsty. We will never go hungry if we consistently sit at his table and spend time with him. Your last fill-in. When the Lord is present, we will always have enough. When the Lord is present, we will always have enough. He gives us what we need. All that we need. We just have to go after it. Be intentional with it. Make time for it. Go after it. He's got what you need. You need comfort? Go after it. You need peace or you need truth, go after it. He's got it. He wants to give it to you. It's right there. Come and sit at his table. He's got what you need. We just need to go get it. Chris is going to come and play keys, and Clint's going to close us out. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.